Hey, listeners, before we get started, if you're enjoying these episodes, you can actually check them out on YouTube in full video. You can just search Honest Ecommerce and you'll get pulled right to our channel. Make sure you subscribe and ring the bell for all the updates. The most challenging part, without a doubt, was keeping up with the demand. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, welcoming to the show, the founder of Hay Straws, a company that manufactures and sells plant-based straws, Gil from Hay Straws. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Chase? I'm doing fantastic. So let's, let's just dive on in. Uh, this is such a unique product. So where did you get the idea from? I know a lot of our listeners out there, are they want to start a business. And the ideation of like what should that business be is always uh, an interesting challenge in the entrepreneurial journey. So where did you come up with this one? Yeah. So it was during one of our, you know, one of our trips to China. Um, we, my, my business partners and I, we, had, we started a toothbrush company uh, out of bamboo. So on our visit to the factory in China, we were, you know, searching for new products and we came across, um, stems of wheat and rye in different plants that they were using for hats and chairs or whatnot. And, you know, they were neatly packed. And I thought, you know what? Why don't I bring some back to the States in my luggage and see if I can sell? So, um, I brought about three, uh, 5,000 straws in my luggage and, uh, one day, I saw a post of a friend of mine who owns a restaurant in Palo Alto, in the Bay Area, and um, he was complaining. He was like, you know, plat- uh, paper straws suck. I can't find an alternative. And this is on Instagram. So I replied, I'm like, hey, dude, I have, I have some pretty cool straws that I want to test out. So I, I shipped him some. And a week later, he's like, send me a case. And I was like, sure. So I kept 2,000 straws for more samples. And I made a case of 3000 and shipped it to him. And he's like, I'm going to need more in a month. So we, from there, we just started scrambling and, you know, off to the races, trying to get as many straws and, as we could. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, once you kind of validated that the, there was a market for the, these straws, um, I guess maybe we should take a step back and let people know that this wasn't your first business and not your first foray kind of into this world. Um, so do you want to touch upon the previous company a bit more to let people know the background? Yeah. So I was working for a, for a startup, a tech startup, and um, you know, I was sent to, sent to New York to open an office there. And that's where I met my co-founder. And he had developed this, you know, designed this beautiful toothbrush made out of bamboo, self-standing, still in business. Um, and I, I liked it so much. And, you know, at the time, it was really about... I think my goal was like, I want to do something sustainable for the environment, uh, being from California, being from the Bay Area. Um, sustainability is really present in everyone's daily lives. So, you know, I thought it was a great looking toothbrush and um, I partnered up with him to see if we can take it to market. So we did that. And, um, you know, we ordered a couple 
we, we placed an order from China and then we just started selling them on Instagram. Um, like we built a site, but we were marketing the toothbrushes through Instagram. So we would reach out to influencers at the time when Instagram was completely different, right? We're talking about mm-hmm. seven, eight years ago where, you know, the, um, you know, an influencer would post something and you would get a ton of traffic on your site and it would convert into sales. Obviously you'd have to find the right influencer, but nonetheless, that's how we, that's how I got into the sustainability, um, retail e-commerce business. And from there, it was just about finding other products that we could introduce to the market in the U.S. And, and Haystraws really, I think it happened because our timing was perfect, right? So three years ago, I'm sorry, four, four years ago when everybody hated plastic straws, you know, that the video of the turtle was very mainstream. So that's really when we started Haystraws and it was wild. I mean, the timing was perfect. So we were, we were doubling in sales every month consistently for a whole year. Um, and our challenge was how do we make these things faster, right? At the time. So I would say, you know, it's a bit cliche because a lot of people say, oh, well, the right time, you know, the right timing for the right product. But it's actually, it's true. You know, when we started the toothbrush business, I mean, we couldn't really, you know, put a time to the product and vice versa, meaning that, you know, it was just a toothbrush. No one was, you know, no one hated plastic toothbrushes. Mm-hmm. But um, when Hay Straws um, launched, everybody hated plastic straws and not only hated plastic straws, but they weren't really fond of the paper straws either. So, yeah, I mean, cliche as it is, but it's timing. You got a product. You are hitting in what couldn't be the best, you know, the best time that you could launch. Um, what you know, what kind of avenues were you taking to sell these straws? Uh, you know, were you was it just direct to consumer through your own website? Were you on other marketplaces? Were you doing wholesale? Yeah. So our approach was a bit um, unique because we knew that our primary customers were going to be businesses, right off the off the get go. We just knew that restaurants, hotels, bars needed uh, needed straws and needed a replacement to plastic straws. So my business partner and I, um, we come from a restaurant background, um, specifically in tech. So we decided to reach out to restaurants and hotels and bars through email marketing campaigns. And that's really what drove probably 80% of the business um, in the first six months. But the the unique thing about the whole initial campaigns that we did was that we were just getting a lot of referrals. So, you know, I I believe the the restaurant community very close. And, you know, once they like something, they'll share with their peers. So a lot of our businesses were referrals and i think absolutely that was kind of our secret sauce email email marketing campaigns and referrals for those that are a little greener to this style of outreach could you dive in a little bit more there and kind of explain how you were approaching it with kind of cold email as as a tactic uh, to really kind of get those opens and get you know the conversation started at least yeah i mean it's it's a lot of testing, right? So in the beginning, um, you got to start with 
a list, right? Um, whether you whether you buy that list or whether you you know build that list, that's there's different ways to do to to getting out a database. Um, but it, when it comes to email marketing, it really comes down to testing it, right? So you may have you know your opening email, your first email, and you know we would we would send out four different variants of that first email and alongside that you know you just funnel the people that open it and you keep emailing them until they reply right um so i mean it just comes it comes down to like a little drip campaign basically um and there's definitely challenges you know um especially when you go from like you know, zero to 10,000 emails. Um, some emails may get sent to spam. So there's different ways to, to work around it where you have, you create different domains or different email um, attached to that domain, but they all funnel through the same, you know, to the same website. Yeah. And for the listeners out there, like this is a completely different tactic than like buying a list or, or building a list for like your typical like uh like an email marketing newsletter this is a completely different tactic this is more for like cold outreach and for getting relationships started and there are different tools to use in this industry like if you try to do the same style of outreach with like your mailchimps or your clavios it wouldn't work and you possibly would get kicked off the platforms because they're right. not built to do it um you know so this style of outreach though do you think that um, people could use it in a similar way for trying to get wholesale relationships because that's what I kind of see. You know, these are more mass bulk orders uh, where the relationships that you're getting started to kind of build the company. Yeah, I think it um, it worked for us. You know, um, I'm not necessarily sure if it, if it, if, it, if it's going to work for everybody, right? It definitely worked for us, and I, I want to say it's also the fact that. People were looking for us, and we just reached. You know, we we were able to meet their demand or whatever they're looking for via email. I just clicked. Um, but yeah, you know, it's 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 a business email. Um, you know, I'm a business. You're a business. You need something. I have it. Um, so the conversation is a bit more open rather than spammy, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I think you can use it in, in various different industries. You know, um, I actually it's interesting because I get um, I get hit with emails like this all the time now um, from companies that are trying to sell us like freight services, right? Or freight like three like PL um, logistics, or even um, what's the other one that I see recently a lot? Um, marketing consulting. Right. So you get a lot of service, yeah, like yeah, consulting. Yeah, outreach. I, I think that um, cold email has its place, and there's one way to stand out, and it's very easy, and it's lead with value. Because if you're not actually making my life easier, you instantly are getting deleted. <laughs> right, and I'm not. It wasn't all rosy. There was definitely times where you know we would you know get hit at spam or whatever, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a numbers game, right? So you just, it's not, it's not for us. It's not for you. Move on to the next one. And, and we, we, we try to avoid that, right? The, the spammy part, because it's, it's really annoying. 
but we just did it because we knew that they needed our product and that was the most effective way we could get in front of them and and they're quite quite affordable too you know it's not it's not super expensive yeah you were definitely solving a problem that all these people had so they almost were welcoming that conversation to get started and then right. like you said earlier they had once you got those kind of deals done, they had a million referrals because of how tight knit the industry actually is. Right. And that got the flywheel started to kind of really ramp things up. Now, is the business the same today, majority wholesale? Or are you guys now experimenting with direct consumer and, and marketplaces? It's primarily business related. Um, I would say 70% of our business, it's B2B, right? Um, and that B2B gets broken down between you know, distributors. So now we work with distributors because the industry that, um, that we're in, distribution is a huge part of it, right? So for example, like, uh, I don't know, a restaurant, you know, would rather have like one or two vendors where they buy everything from rather than having like a hundred vendors, you know, and straws is such a insignificant, you know, part of their purchasing activity, right? When you think about they're buying like, rice, pasta, you know, meats, whatever it is, straws is, you know, very, it's not something they're thinking about. So, um, we started working with certain distributors so that now they sell our products in a more old fashioned way. Um, where like there's a sales rep that goes and talks to them, gets the order, um, or, you know, the distri- the distribution company has its own website and people just go up and order from there. So, um, that's, you know, that's part of our business within that 70%. And then the rest is just the same thing, which is cafes, hotels, restaurants, bars. It is pretty, it's pretty broad, you know? Um, we have like steakhouses, we have like vegan restaurants, we have juice places, we have coffee shops, you know, it's, it's not, um, we have event centers. So it's, it's a broad range of, of, um, different types of venues and establishments, but, they all have one thing in common is that they serve drinks. So they need a straw. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Eye can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E.io. Mesa is the all-in-one answer for automating the everyday challenges of running a Shopify store. With automation, you can focus on the bigger picture knowing that everything is still getting done reliably and efficiently. Join successful brands like Mudwater, Chubbies, and Golden that learned how to use clever workflows to get more done without more overhead. Whether you need order details in Google Sheets, products added in Etsy, or customer information updated in your CRM, Mesa connects your data where it's needed most. To put it quite simply, Mesa is a better way to work. Browse pre-made templates for Shopify's most popular apps to get your first automation up and running in minutes. Search for Mesa, that's M-E-S-A, in the Shopify App Store and download the app today. Is your store holiday ready? Now is the time to make sure you and your team are prepared for the busy season ahead. Gorgeous, an omni-channel help desk built for e-commerce has machine learning functionality that takes the pressure off small support teams and gives them the tools to manage a large number of inquiries at scale, especially during the holiday season. Gorgeous combines all your different communication channels like email, SMS, social media, live chat, and even phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all your customer inquiries. 
Their powerful functionality can save your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. Merchants can close tickets faster than ever with the help of pre-written responses integrated with customer data to increase the overall efficiency of customer support. Their built-in automations also free up time for support agents to give better answers to complex product-related questions, providing next-level support, which helps increase sales, brand loyalty, and recognition. Eric Bandholtz, the founder of Beard Brand, says, We're a seven-figure business, and we have essentially one person on customer support and experience. It's impossible to do it without tools such as Gorgeous to help us innovate. Learn how to level up your customer support by speaking to their team. Visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest. Mention this podcast when you sign up to get two months free. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Our partner Rewind can protect your e-commerce store by automatically backing up your business critical data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 100,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Nix, Paul Mitchell, and Pampers. Best of all, visit rewind.com slash honest e-commerce to get your first month absolutely free. That's rewind.com slash honest e-commerce. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up your free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. When you were kind of getting this off the ground, what would you say was like one of the most challenging parts of starting this business? I mean, the most challenging part, without a doubt, was keeping up with the demand. There was, there was nobody making hay straws, our straws, um, at scale. Like that didn't exist, right? Um, these were being done manually for craft purposes. Um, there was not necessarily a market for it. So we literally went to China and set up a factory because we had no choice. Um, and yeah. that's a different, different, like completely different industry. Manufacturing has its own supply chain issues. And, you know, it's not easy going from, you know, a hundred thousand straws to five million straws a month. It's not easy selling that amount, but it's also not easy making that amount uh, in a foreign country with thirty-day production lead time and a thirty-day um, freight uh, shipping time. So, from a business perspective, you know, you you have a very cash-intensive cycle, right? From production to sale and you're doing two things which is your marketing and sales on one side and then you are manufacturing on the other side um, but that was you know I remember we we went to China and we were with our investor actually at the time um, and my co-founder 
And we literally visited seven Chinese cities in 10 days, figuring out where we're going to make these things. And, uh, and we didn't start, you know, from zero because we had previously worked in China with other products. Um, we were able to leverage those connections and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of build something from that. It was fun. It was just a challenge. Yeah. I was a lot younger at the time. So it was, you know, easier on the body to travel like that. Oh, I, <laughs> I agree. It's uh, that was a previous life. I was in a, a touring band. I traveled the country a lot. And these days I was like, I don't know how I did that. I'm <laughs> sore from going to one <laughs> conference this week. <laughs> That's cool though, man. With what you guys are doing here, you're, you know, you're, you're, you've got a product that's very B2B and you're kind of running it with almost like some, like some of the direct to consumer playbook. Is there any other kind of uh, parallels that you can draw with how you've like uh, tried to scale the company or keep it nimble uh, that you've kind of borrowed from that more of that direct to consumer mentality? It's more about just giving, you know, adding value to your customers, right? So we started with straws and then you go back to the, to the, to the drawing board and or you want to ask them for their feedback. And it's like, Oh, we need a wider straw or whatever it is, you know, that they need. And it's like, okay, so like, how do we, how do we make that for them? So we, we like the direct to consumer approach because we were able to basically, you know, um, control the journey of our customer from order to delivery, to experience, to feedback and to what else do we need to do? Right. And and I think the direct to consumer model is great, um, and it's probably we we probably are able to do it now compared to like ten or fifteen years ago because now you know there's there's a bunch of like logistic companies, three um, fulfillment centers, and the websites are capable of you know handling a lot of like website traffic and all. So I think that there comes a point where where you know you you are in love with the direct to consumer in um, the DTC type of business, and you realize you know this is this is great. And the next thing is like, what else can I do for my current customer, right? With this same model, um, in order to to keep them engaged. But but with that said, you know we also we also ventured out to um, to retail. So, you know, some of, some of target locate, some target locations carry our product, but yeah, back to e-commerce. Um, yeah, you know, it, th- this B2B, I guess, wholesale e-commerce can be challenging because, um, you're selling to customers and they have a very, you know, old school way of purchasing. So here we come, this, you know, young startup trying to sell things online. And that's the other thing, you know, a lot of these customers, a lot of the business customers don't, don't pay with a credit card, right? So they require like, because mm-hmm. you don't have any outstanding balances with anybody, right? Because you just, you know, two days, it clears your account, or if you're doing Amazon, it clears in two weeks, right? But now you have like a 30 day check coming your way. So you got to adjust your accounting, and your books a bit to so that money flows in the right way. So with not sure if that answered your question. Oh no, it absolutely did. Uh, so with uh, you know uh, being a younger, scrappier, technology-driven startup, kind of in the B two B space, were you did you get a lot of pushback from uh, potential customers on 
you know, trying to funnel them into a more modern, like order online uh, type of approach? Yeah, replacement immediately, right? Um, so they they just they were they were willing to just pay with the card or whatever. I don't think there was too much of a pushback, mm-hmm. and I want to say because um, I think people just wanted the product and needed something fast, like they wanted. Well, that's the other thing. A lot of the customers, a lot of the cities were banning plastic straws. So the customers need can actually break it down. So like a mom and pops run cafe or a restaurant, they'll pay with a card. Not a problem. Right. But once you're talking with like bigger hotel chains, it's just a different, different business structure. Right. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily think there was a lot of pushback. I think it just, it, uh, the difference was primarily who your customer was, whether it was a big, you know, hotel chain or a restaurant group, or was it independently owned? No, that makes that makes complete sense. And uh, kind of from a technology perspective, I'm sure there's some listeners out there where they might be leaning more into the the, the B2B type play. Um, are you guys? How are you kind of running the business? Are you guys building this on the back of like a say like a Shopify, or is there another solution out there that really kind of helps? Uh, tie all these pieces together. Yeah, we we build we work with Shopify. I think we we think Shopify's got the you know the, the most. It's just a shopping selling machine, right? Yeah, um, and I think it's easy to build things on top of it. Um, we've we've uh, you know, and then there's also a bunch of apps that we use. So we use, um, I believe, Bold for recurring purchases. So we're like a customer just, you know, leaves our credit card there and just every whatever amount of months or days or weeks they get a new shipment. Um, it's pretty intuitive. Um, and I personally don't don't work too much on on the tech side of the website or the design or anything, but from what I hear, um, it's not that difficult to to work with, right? If you want to implement a new template or you know, modify things, it's, it's pretty it's pretty unique, and and Shopify has also like improved dramatically since when I was working with them. You know, ten years ago, um, shipping was not as easy as it is now. Mm-hmm. Right, fulfilling products is not as easy as it is now. So um, they're constantly improving things. Um, I guess, um, yeah, I I, I I try to work with other ones, but I ended up deleting them and just going back to Shopify. Maybe I'm being biased, but I just like them. If it's not broke, don't fix it. There you go. Now, is there anything I forgot to ask you about today that you think would resonate with our listeners? No, I guess we can talk a little bit about COVID. <laughs> um, this COVID was definitely a challenging part, uh, moment in our business. Um, because basically our whole, uh, our whole business got wiped out. Um, all restaurants, bar, I mean, whoever, who, who, each one of our customers had to close. So we were shut for, you know, mm-hmm. for like five months, I think. Um, so the take there is try to diversify your customer base. <laughs> um, because, um, yeah, we just focus on, you know, people that sold straw or use straws and, um, so yeah, it was challenging, I guess. But we made it through. Yeah, that's definitely... I think that you can draw parallels between that and kind of 
almost everything in business, if you're putting all of your eggs in one basket when it comes to how you're generating leads or how you're fulfilling orders uh, and you don't have redundancies in place, um, you're putting a lot of faith in things not going wrong. And uh, we live in reality and not a fantasy world and things will and do go wrong. Right. No, you can you can predict the future. You know, and no one thought a virus was going to just stop the world and keep everyone inside, but it happened. <laughs> so, so yeah, so yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Don't put your eggs in one basket, especially for for businesses, right? Um, and you can apply the same concept to anything, whether it's you know your marketing efforts. There's going to be some marketing efforts that are, you know, that work better than others. But um, but you should always explore different types of marketing efforts, um, you know, because sales channels or, or whatever it is. Because yeah, you just never know. Absolutely, but you guys made it through, and you're still here selling awesome straws. If people are curious about the straws, where should they go? Uh, they can just go to heystraws.com. Chat about straws, Gil. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. All right, I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.